Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Mindset Leadership Conference. I'm your host, Riley Jensen, and today I'm super excited to introduce you introduce to you someone who I consider to be a friend. We were both quarterbacks at Snow College. He went on to um, play at Boston College and is now currently the head coach for Dixie State University. Paul Peterson. Paul, how you doing? All right, man. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Okay. You don't, you don't seem like the guy that would be doing all right with, like, shackles on you and, like, keeping you quarantined. You were never the type of quarterback that could be held, you know, in the pocket too long. You, yeah. you, want, you want to get out of there and make a play. Man, I've, I've been scrambling my whole life, buddy. So, I'm, I'm, <laughs> even in lockdown, we're still scrambling. I'm, I'm fishing and hiking and finding rocks and taking my kids out to the park as much as we can. So, uh, you got some. You got some little boys that are studs. How many? How many do you have? You have four five boys. boys. Five. Yeah. Five boys. You got a whole yeah. basketball team. Thirteen down to five, and they're they're a handful. They're fun, man. Homework's awesome with them in the home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet your wife is loving the fraternity house. She yeah, exactly. She actually <laughs> likes. Uh, she enjoys me home. We've we've got some good family time. You know, there's some positives to this, and that's one of them is being able to hang out and and be with each other a lot. But then you can only have so much of each other. But um. But it's, right. been, it's been a good time. Good, good. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your story. You went to Bingham High School. You went to Snow College. Give us a little bit of a timeline of the things you did. I, I forgot to mention we were both, you know, graduate assistants at North Carolina State as yeah. well. So we have a lot, of, a lot of common touches here. But just give us a little bit of a background, how, how it all worked out, where you went, where you've been, and, and what's going on now. So, so yeah, I grew up in South Jordan, went to Bingham High School. Uh, I'm, I'm one of 10 kids. I'm number six of 10. I had an older brother, Charlie, who played quarterback at, at Bingham and signed at BYU and played professionally after for a little while all over the place. But he was the kind of the guy I looked up to and I, I uh, uh, competed against. I always wanted to be better than Charlie, you know. And um, so going to Bingham as a two-year starter, and I'm just a little guy. I'm barely six foot if I am six foot. And had had uh, had an okay high school career, second team, all state, all region, those types of things. Um, but uh, didn't have an opportunity to play after. I'm not the prototypical guy. So I uh, walked on at, at Snow College. And at the time, it was uh, in 1998, they had Josh Heupel, who's now the current head coach at UCF, and, and Fred Salanoa, uh, who ended up going to Eastern Washington. They were splitting time. And I was the, I was the third travel guy. I was up in the box. And and um, learning a lot from them, um, and then came back from my mission and ended up starting for a few years. But um, it's really a good experience. I I love Snow College for that, just giving me an opportunity to continue playing. I was underdeveloped, undersized little guy, like I said, but um, had that chance to to really showcase and develop um, my football game, and it ended up propelling me to where I am now. So yeah. So then, so then you go to Boston College. Yeah. And if I remember right, you're at Boston College, and you know I remember everybody talking about Matty Ice even back I then. I mean, he was a big time recruit, and I think everybody thought he was going to come in and start as a freshman. And what did you say? Not so fast, my friend. Well, I don't know if they thought that Matty Ice was going to be the guy. You know, so they they signed me and him at the same time. So he's a freshman. And I'm a GAC transfer, so I'm older. Plus, I've served a mission, so I'm what is that? Almost four years older than him. You know, so I had that on him. He wasn't quite, quite ready yet, developed yet, but you could tell he was a leader, uh, super competitor. There was another guy um, that was the heir apparent. His name's Quentin Porter. He was all main player of the year in football, basketball, just a stud. And um, so they needed a solid backup, and that's why they recruited me. And, um, and, you know, you talk about me not holding still. I couldn't, 
I was going to compete my tail off. And that's all I asked them for was, hey, just, just give me a chance. They gave me a chance. My junior year ended up beating them out halfway through the season and, and then uh, finished 12-2 and two as a starter at Boston College, a couple bowl games and bowl game MVP to finish my career there. So it was, it was awesome. It was a great experience. But um, um, just a little, 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 lot of fight, a lot of grit, and, and uh, I hate losing. So Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think that if I were to describe you, I, I finished my senior year at Utah State in 98, and then I was down at Snow in 99. So, and I, I remember us, I remember us meeting just one time. You came down, and I, and I totally remember this meeting. We're standing right there at the front door of the weight room slash offices slash everything there yeah. at Snow College, right? And I remember you you had a football in your hand and it was super twitchy and super <laughs> just like you, you and, and and it's funny now because I see how polished you are. You were just nervous and and you just wanted to talk to me and you're like, Hey, I know you don't really know who I am. You know, I'm 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 coming back from a mission and or or I don't know if you're going or coming back. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but you're like, I just wanna I same thing that you said to them. I just want a chance to compete. I just yeah. want a chance to compete. Well, the thing that you didn't know when you were talking to me is I knew, I knew I was done. Like I was, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was moving on, but I certainly could see the fire. I certainly could see the yeah. desire clear back then. And um, you were, um, I mean, I knew about your brother, Charlie. Um, everybody talked about your high school career, even though for some reason, even though I, I would have guessed that you were first team all state and played on one of those famous Bingham teams, the way your reputation was just in the community and everything. And, you know, we, we had this saying when I was coaching at Snow clear back then. I don't know if they had it when you were coaching at Snow, but we just, we just had this phrase, he's a snow guy, right? Like, yeah. he's going he's gonna to do all the right things. He's going to be a great teammate. He's going to be a great player. And so that was fun. It's fun for me to think about where you were right then, just chasing the dream, right? Just, yeah. just hoping for an opportunity to now a successful head coach and um, just doing all kinds of great things at, at Dixie yeah. State. It's, a, it's an interesting time down there, right? You're transitioning yeah. to D1, and you're going to be fighting and scrapping again. It never stops yeah. for you. Yeah, and it wouldn't happen any other way, man. You know, put the chips against us, making this jump. and and um, But they're, they're definitely putting in some money for facilities and, and, and what we need to be able to compete with, with Southern Utah and Weber State. They're the top dogs in, in, in Utah right now, and so we're excited about that, being, being the guys coming up and being able to fight with them, so. Well, that's a that's a that's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to watch. You know, Dixie State go from a, a junior college to Division Two, uh, moving up in Division Two, then moving to Division One football yeah. and Division One sports. So that's um, that's an exciting thing, I think, for the state of Utah and just yeah. for players in the state of Utah that want an opportunity, kind of like you always wanted, right? Like, I just yeah. want I just want a chance to play. I want a chance to compete. Exactly right. And and and. Um with what we have going on, the momentum we have on campus, like this is the, this is going to be the place to be. I mean, um, I should say, I was going to say no offense, but uh, if they take offense, that's okay. But we're, we're better, we're a better town than Cedar city. I mean, we just are, and we're growing and we're better than Ogden, you know? And, and, uh, Oh, now wait a minute. You're talking it, it, about, you're talking about my employer, man. It's, that's okay. That's okay, man. If you didn't say it, it's from me. <laughs> but they've 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 uh it's taken them a, a long time to get to the point where they are i mean they're the number three team in the nation i mean they've built it the right way they got a great head coach both both staffs are fantastic su and weber state but we're going to catch them we're going to catch them and it's inevitable and in, in the like i said the momentum the facilities um the funding that's coming in um we're going to catch them and so it's it's pretty cool transition to be a part of so 
just transitioning a little bit to kind of the topic that we've been talking about with, with a lot of the other coaches, not, I don't want the dictionary definition, but what is your definition of mental toughness? What is it? What is that mindset that gets you, gets a Paul Peterson from South Jordan, Utah to Boston starting for Boston college? What, what is that? What is it? How do we define that? I don't know. I had some, I had some guys tell me that I, what I couldn't do and that I was never going to be such and such or better than such and such. So why even try? And it, it was just this motivation inside me deep down that I was going to prove those dudes wrong. And so I just had this fight and this grit in me that was, um, and maybe I uh, um, was a little overconfident in, in my ability, but um, I was going to prove that I, that I could do it and no one was going to tell me that I couldn't. And I don't know where that comes from. I, um, super competitive. I hate, I hate, hate losing and I love competition. And that was just another thing that, uh, that, that helped, um, helped me. And I think growing up the way I grew up with a ton of siblings and, and, um, didn't have too much money, you know, so we, 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 we were scrappy and, um, and needed to be competitive and just my older brother's pounding on me all the time in the backyard and just getting back up, you know? Um, so I don't know if it's, if it's innate or if it's learned, but I definitely learned some things as, as I took my bumps and bruises too that, that allowed me to be a little bit more mentally tough and to shake it off. And, and I, remember, I remember playing Rutgers and Dana Bible is a fiery offensive coordinator and he's just right. getting in my grill and I'm not having a very good game. And, and, uh, but I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing wrong. And he, get, he tried to get me on the phone on the, on the phone, on the sideline after, after I threw a pick or something late down the middle, you know, one of the Cardinal rules. And I decided, I said, no, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to him. And, uh, and there's Matty ice on the bench too, right. Just waiting for his turn to come in. And he's like, get on the phone. I'm like, I don't want to talk to him. I'm like, I, I did not want to talk to the guy. I knew what I did wrong. I was going to get it fixed. We, we end up, we end up taking care of the business and winning the football game. But, um, I didn't need anybody to, to tell me what I, what I, what I needed to do. I already, I already knew that. And I, I was let myself down more than I was the coach or the team, you know? Right. And so I was accountable to them and wanted to make sure that, that um, I did my part to, to win that football game. And, and um, so I don't know, that's just a fun little blast from the past. But I'll never forget it. He's fired up, man. But yeah. I, yeah. I, so I, there's just, there's a lot of experiences I think as, as you go throughout your life that they kind of define who you are and, and all of them add up and the decisions that you made, it became easier for me when there was a hard decision to be like, okay, I got this, I can do this. Right. And so, um, I just, I wonder uh, as a young Paul Peterson, if I would have been like, eh, you're probably right. You know, I'm not that good or I'll never, you're right. I'll probably never be as good as so-and-so, um, where I would be, you know, that, that's kind of scary to think about, but, um, those decisions really, really shaped me and just to, just to keep getting back up, get in the box, keep punching, keep swinging. I think, um, I've never stopped and I'll keep swinging too. Yeah. So. The interesting, I, I, when, when I hear you talking, I, I think of the phrase of, of Bill Walsh that, you know, champions act like champions long before they're champions. Right. So somehow you, 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 you put together some sort of a mindset or some sort of mental toughness that just said like, I don't care what anybody says, like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep battling. I'm going to keep proving people wrong. Yeah. And that's kind of a championship mindset right there. Right. That's a, that's a fun thing to think about. I had a, it's funny cause you know, Ed Larson, that's a, man. I, I had the exact same experience with, um, with Ed 
um, Ed, Ed would get pretty fiery with me. And, and Ed and I are really good friends, but right, I'll tell you this, when, when I was playing, it was, it was heated every once in a while between us. And I remember Coach Salanoa coming and saying, uh, he, he came down on the phone. We were down like, I think we were down like 34-17 with like two minutes and 48 seconds to go in the game against Mesa. And he goes, I want to talk to Riley. I want to talk to Riley. And I go, Coach Salanoa, tell him I don't need to talk to him. I know what I need to do. I'm the one making plays around here. Tell him to do his job and call the right plays yeah. and I'll to make plays <laughs> you know. And I was frustrated because I think I was taking a little bit of heat, but there was guys that were dropping the ball. There was guys yeah. that weren't making – and I was like, this isn't a Riley problem. I, I remember yeah. just going – and, and we ended up winning that game in overtime. Yeah. We scored 17 points in two minutes and something seconds. That's crazy. But I remember that feeling, though, of like, I don't need you to go over this with me again. What right. I need is the ball back. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, exactly. I just need to my next series because I already know what's going on here. Like, I already know the problem. I already know what we need to do. Yeah. And Sal Noah got real pissed at me, and I ended up getting on the phone. So you're a little stronger with it. <laughs> I, was, I was playing with fire for sure. And then yeah. you remind me, we played, we played, uh, we lost two games my senior year. Um, we lost to Wake Forest at their place in, in to Pittsburgh in overtime. And then Pittsburgh ends up playing University of Utah in the Fiesta Bowl in 2004. I think that was right. Urban Myers one year. So I, I missed that chance to be able to show Utah what I could do. But um, we're playing that feeling like um, – you ever been – have you ever been in a fight or have you ever been in a competition where you're like – you did everything that you could, but you can't you, – it was like someone had your arms behind your back, you know? Yeah. Like you just couldn't – you just couldn't get it done, but – you wanted to so bad, but it was out of your control, right? So wait, we played Wake Forest, and the same thing. We got a two-minute drive. We're down by three. We missed a couple field goals in the dang game, too. And um, I ended up taking a sack on second down. We got a third and forever, and we just couldn't climb up. And I just remember being so frustrated after that game, like, give me some more time in this game, you know? Give me, give me, I want to give me another shot at it, you know? Yeah, that just reminded me of that 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 fight, that competitiveness. That, well, that's a little bit. Uh, that's a little bit what I what I talk about in in the in the mental game with people is when you're frustrated or when you're feeling like your arms are tied behind your back and yeah. you just can't use the word yet. You know, like yeah. that that calls time out and it actually puts more time on the clock. It adds chapters to your book because we're we're a work in progress, right? Like yeah. you know, I can't remember who the guy was that had the quote that said. You know, I've never lost a game. I just ran out of time. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. And and I think my personal opinion, and and I loved your definition and what you were talking about. My, my my personal opinion is, you know, mental toughness is that quarterback that's played terrible all game. It has not been his best game. He's down by four with like three minutes to go, so he has to score a touchdown to win the game. And somehow, some way, with his legs, with a, a bootleg, with a couple of nice completions, he figures out how to win that game yeah. for his team, even when things have been going wrong all day. So uh, that's mental toughness to me because you, you have to be able to have some of that. And I know you had it. I, I've seen highlights of you at Boston College and Snow College because, you know, we were part of a pretty good fraternity, right? Like, yeah. from, from two quarterbacks before me, there was a kid named Chad Fartherham that went to Pacific. Joe Borch went to Memphis. I went to Utah State. Then you had um, uh, Salanoa and Heupel that went to right. Eastern Washington and Oklahoma. And then there was you at Boston College. Am I missing one in between there? Uh, I think Kate, I think Casey Rear – did Casey Rear play 99? 
he played at Southern, Southern, Southern Utah. Yeah. So there was a run there of about nine or ten quarters. I was always watching. I was always yeah, keeping yeah. like sweet man. These guys are keeping it rolling. They're keeping it rolling. They're keeping it rolling. And um, so you, you were you were feisty. You were that quarterback that you know you ran out of time in that Wake Forest game. <laughs> you know, but but I, it's probably true. If you had just a little bit more time, you might have figured it out. And, yeah. and I think that's mental toughness is that mindset that like, I'll figure this out. Like we'll, we'll get this done. Somehow we'll get this done. Um, do you think your definition of mental toughness or do you think the mental toughness of athletes over the years, that might be two separate questions has changed? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think you try to put them in as a coach, you try to put them in, in situations where they can develop it. I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. So it's, so when it's hard, they don't, they don't fold, but they expect it and they're going to rise to the occasion. I mean, that's, it's gotta be a mindset. You got to earn it. You cannot in this, in this world right now, a lot of things are given to people. It's instant gratification. I can find whatever I need to on a click of a button, a couple, couple clicks, whether that's good or bad. And, and, um, uh, you know, I'm going to get that D1 scholarship. Some of these young kids, you know, they don't realize that it's not about a, uh, uh, a clip that's going to, that's going to sell them. It's, it's, it's a consistent process of working hard all the time towards your goal. I, I worked my tail off, you know, I was a little fart. I knew I had to be strong in the weight room. I mean, I didn't just show up and play games skinny and small. I, I gave myself every advantage I possibly could, you know, whether that was putting good things in my body, not bad things, and getting the rest I needed, and 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 um, like I said, living in the weight room every day just to give me that chance, and and all the other things worked out. You know, you 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 prepare, you you work hard, and then when you're in a situation, you get your opportunity, then you then you make it happen. I think some young people just kind of want to show up and think it's going to work out for them. It's not. It's not how it works. How do you develop? How do you develop mental toughness? I mean, you put them in situations like what? What does that mean? Yeah, you know, you put them, put them in situations where it's uncomfortable, where they can grow, right? So, you know, for example, in our practices, we're going to do it. We're going to do a goal line stand. A defense wins, offense, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Someone's going to sting a little bit after practice. We're going to do a two-minute drill or a red zone drill or, um, you know, and, and go over all these situations in practice. And, and um, we always want to tell them what it looks like. Hey, this is what, this is what, this is what toughness looks like. Hey, remember that play in practice where, where, you know, he got, he got blocked and he fell down and here's the clip and he's chasing down the guy on the backside. You know, that's, we want to show them exactly what it looks like and everything that we do. We talk about these leadership principles of, of toughness and hard work and trust and accountability. And we're always, always putting those four things in front of them. And it encompasses a lot of those four words, but um, yeah. yeah, just putting in those situations where they can stretch and grow. And then when it doesn't go their way and they're acting a certain way, be like, and, and, and correct them and, and give them the correct coaching so they can learn from the next time. That's awesome. You, you talked a little bit about consistency. Do you think, do you think that plays into mental toughness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it just gives you, it just gives you the confidence. So, so you can, you can go back to your training when it's hard. Uh, right. You know, you talked about this. We talked about some of these scenarios that we had in games, you know, and, and um, you, you prepared your whole life for those, for those situations and you're consistent in practice. You didn't take any reps off. Um, you studied the film, you knew what you were going to expect from the, from the, from the opposing team. And so it was just you executing your assignment and you had that laser focus at that time because you'd earned it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I used to say this all the time to players, but I have to make sure that I know they're hard workers because, you know, like a good, 
a good power word for somebody is like trust, meaning trust your training, trust your coaches, trust your teammates, trust. But if they, if they haven't been training, it, it, yeah. it actually can work against them. Right. That power yeah. word because it's like, Hey, trust your training. And they're like, yeah. And I remember I'm, I'm way out of shape now and I'm, I'm working on it, but I remember when I was in you college, look good, buddy. You look good. No, no, no. When I was in college though, I felt like I worked hard, as hard or harder than anybody yeah. on our team. Like, and I remember a couple of times feeling really tired in the fourth quarter or, you know, just feeling like, Ooh, man, this is, this, I got to get out there. I got to, I got to find some energy here and thinking to myself, well, there's no way these other guys aren't more tired than me. Yeah. Like, because I knew that I'd put the work in. I knew that I'd done what I had to do. Now I wasn't nearly as good as you. I wasn't, you know, uh, there was a lot of there. There was a lot of things that that come together, but I can always look back at my career and, and feel like I put everything that I yeah. did I put into it. Right. So, regardless of what the outcome is, sometimes that training and that consistency can be, it can be really really fulfilling because I don't feel like there's much more I could have done. I mean, right. there's always like little tweaks and little like woulda coulda shouldas on a couple of things, but for the most part, I'm like, hey man, it's the cards I was dealt. It's where I was. Right. This is how it went. And I, and I gave it my best swing. Yeah. Like, I, I gave it my best shot, you know. I think you're defining basically Wooden's, Wooden's definition of success, right? It's you True. Feel really good about what you, what you accomplished because you worked your tail off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's your, what's your biggest failure so far? And, and what did you learn from that? How did you, how, how do you, how did you overcome it? I got, I got fired uh, from, from Sacramento state. So I'm the offensive coordinator. I go through two head coaches there. I'm there for five years. Um, um, uh, and, and I get let go. And the first thing I want to do that you try to teach these young people not to do is I was like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I start pointing, I start pointing fingers. Well, I did this, I did that. And I think it took me a while to understand that this, it was a good thing for me. It was, it was maybe at that time I was feeling comfortable and I wasn't trying to, to learn more. I'm like, my system's working here. Look at, look at what I've done, you know? And we had, a, we had a hard thing. There was a bunch of different circumstances that were out of my control. And I just looked back on it. I'm like, did I do my very best or could I fix these things? Absolutely, I could. Did I know what was going to happen? No, I didn't. I would have done, I probably would have done things a little bit differently, been a little bit more assertive and not held back on some, some of my opinions. Um, uh, but that failure to me, I guess, not being able to provide my, for my family was kind of scary. But it worked sure. out to, to get the job at Snow College at that time. Maybe I wouldn't have taken that job in that situation um, career-wise. But I learned more things at Snow College than I ever did in my whole 15 years of coaching. And then being successful at Snow College with the values that I always um, took notes and was like, hey, I'm not going to do this. This head coach does this. I'm not going to – or I'm doing to do this because he does this. This is really good. And so I had all these experiences, and I had a chance to do what I wanted to do and be the type of coach I wanted to be and not look over my shoulder at anybody else. And it worked and it was successful. And it gave me this opportunity. Snow college gave me this opportunity at Dixie state. And so I'm forever grateful for that. But it was a, uh, that failure stung. It stings inside. It's your pride. And, and, um, but again, it was, it was an opportunity for me to stretch and grow. And, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it again. You know, I look back where, where I could be or where I should be. I've had a couple interviews at some cool places that would have been really awesome to coach there. And, um, but looking back on it, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm, I think I'm supposed to be where I'm at right now. Um, but that failure did make, help me, help propel me to where I'm at for sure. So what would you say 
and, I, and I'm skipping forward in the interview a little bit, but okay. what would you say to the 30 million Americans right now that have lost their jobs? Dang tight. You know? It's easy for me to say this, you know, hang, hang tight. You know, the, I'm still being paid from, from the government and, and um, it's kind of an extended spring break. It feels like for me, even though I want to get back to work, I, I guess I, it's going to get better. It's got to get better. It's, it's the very worst, right? Right. I think, I think stay positive in what you can control. If you can't control that you don't have a job, I mean, and you're working your very best. I mean, I, I keep, I think faith has a lot to do with it too. I think you got to rely on someone else besides yourself and, and don't be scared to ask for help um, from a greater power and also from family. I think that's important too. And mm-hmm. I think, I think if you can, if you can look at it in a positive light and enjoy the time that you're being forced to spend with your family, I think it's an opportunity for you to get really close and, um, and look at it in a way possibly that um, now we're not, not forced to go to, to work. You know, I wish I could, I think everyone, if they're good family people, I wish I could spend more time with our family. You're getting it right now. So take yeah. advantage of that time and, and really we have as our family and, and grow that way. And I know that's kind of easy to say, but um, hang in there. It's going to bounce back and it'll come back pretty fast. They just got to give us the okay. And I think that's what everyone's waiting for. Right. Right. Um, who, who influenced your mindset? Was there coaches? Was there players? Was there anybody that you were growing up with that kind of, had a belief in you or was constantly helping you to get back up or is there, is there someone that sticks out in your mind that was an influence <laughs> on, on your mindset or your mentality? You know, uh, I try to coach like this too, but you always want to, you always want to have that confidence or that reinforcement. Right. So you always be like, Hey, you can do it. You can do it. My dad's like, Hey, going into my senior year at Boston College, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to be the Heisman. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right. But, uh, but, he just he was pumping me up, you know, giving me that confidence. Like, why not me? Why couldn't I be the Heisman, right? If I can go make these plays, right? And and um, so I think just just pumping me with confidence. I think it's my dad. He always had faith in what I was going to do. He's my biggest fan, and it wasn't just for me. Of ten kids, I felt really special because he came to everybody and every one of my games. But Tom Peterson came to every one of his kids' games and watched his daughter cheerlead and whatever, and. Um, He's an all-time guy, man. He loved his kids and showed us, and and he really gave me that confidence that why that I could that I could accomplish that. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Did you, as you were moving up each level, I mean, was it always a thought that you were going to play pro or that you could play pro, or did it, or did it, or did it develop later? No, I think I think when I was done at BC, you know, I got I got beat up. I broke a couple bones. I broke my leg. They put a rod in my leg at the at, at my. Um, my last game, our bowl game, I'd broken my hand two games before. And yeah. um, actually, Matt Ryan came to start our last game. If we win, we're playing, we're playing Utah. And he had a terrible game. He stunk it up. <laughs> so we ended up losing to Syracuse and have to play in the bowl game while I'm sitting on the sideline. I come back, and we got a big knot on my hand. And uh, fourth quarter, I'm rolling out. Had a pretty good game. The ball slips out of my hand. I scoop it up, and the defensive end catches me from the backside, and I break my leg. And so – I, I like to use this as an excuse, but I wasn't the same after that. And I lost that kind of that uh, – I lost a little bit of a step, and I didn't have a little bit of a step to lose to be able to compete at that high level. And, yeah, but, but, but in your mind before that somewhere, you were thinking, hey, man, I might have a, ch- a shot. That, that's it? something I just didn't control. If I, I, if I knew if I had an opportunity that I was going to give it my very best. Yeah. 
And I ended up playing in Canada for the season and some other oper- other situations worked out where I got ended up getting released halfway or three quarters of the way through the season. Yeah. Um, but, um, but again, just to be able to say that I played professionally was pretty, was, was pretty cool. My goal was to get my school paid for and, and just to yeah. keep, keep playing as long as I could. Now these opportunities, I coached this kid Garrett Saffron at, at uh, Sac State. He broke a bunch of records. The dude's played in Austria. He's played in Germany. He's played his second year in Japan. He's played in Italy. I mean, if yeah. I had that, I would have done that. Shoot. Yeah. Those weren't opportunities weren't, weren't presented at the time. But I, uh, it's I just thing. remember, I just remember everything was for me. Like I remember, I so I grew up in Logan until I was like 13 years old, and then we moved to Salt Lake. But I was just like, man, if I could play under the lights at Logan High School, that would just yeah. be. And then I got to high school and I was playing at Cottonwood and I was like, man, if I could just play anywhere on the next level. And then I got to snow and then I was like, yeah. man, if I could just play Same way. on a yeah. Saturday afternoon at Snow College and, and run this team. And then I got to Utah State and I was like, man, if I could just start this game against the University of Utah yeah. under the light, like my life would be complete. And it always just felt like it just kept building from yeah. there, right? And yeah. it didn't get to where I wanted it to go. But I don't think I really thought about the NFL until I got to Utah State. I, it, was, it wasn't even like – and even then, it was just kind of a – that was like, okay, if that happens, that's great. But I got I to gotta make sure I'm ready for the game plan this right. week because it's what, what have you done for me lately again, right? And so – that was uh, same same way. I, I was just wondering what what your mindset was. I, those those people those people in the NFL and the NBA these guys are these guys are genetic freaks. I mean, you can't I can't make myself six three. You know. I know, but yeah. you were pretty freaky in some ways. There, well, there some I I, I might have been ahead of my time a little bit. Now they got Russ Wilson out there, I know. And, and these I know. guys creating out of the pocket, giving defenses a hard time. I I was more towards that type. I mean. Yeah. We were, I was under center pro style drop back. I mean, I, I right. couldn't see over my dang old lineman, you know, so cool. uh, the zone, the zone read, the RPO stuff, man, I would have loved that as a player. Just Especially, was it the Big East when you were playing there? Yeah, Big East, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got six foot East. seven, six foot eight, right and left tackle. Oh, yeah, man. My whole offensive line played in the NFL a lot yeah. of guys for multiple years. First round draft choice, second round draft choice. It's fun. Yeah, some good fun. players. So, if you could – if, uh, if a group of your peers were sitting here with us and we were, you know, and I'm talking about like maybe high school and college guys that you played with that fill in this blank, Paul will be successful because he blank. What do you think they would say? I don't know. You got to ask them. <laughs> uh, what do you think is that characteristic that's made you successful? I'd like to say that maybe thought I was tough. You know, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be a that'd cool. Be, that would be cool. That's that's ultimate. You know, he's he's a tough guy. He 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 got yeah. back up. He'd he'd fight you. He wouldn't back down. You know, I yeah. I I maybe they'd say that. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. No, I I mean I'm just asking what you think they would say. We I, I mean I I could go interview him, but I'd rather interview. <laughs> I don't know. Um, One of those tough questions, like, what do you want him to tell you when you're dead? You know, I don't. It's a good point. He's a good dude. That's what yeah. you want. He's a good dude. He cared about his family and he worked hard. That's what you want everybody to say. Like like Tom Peterson. Like Tom. Tom's the man, dude. Right, right. I got to meet Tom now. Now that you he's, he's awesome. Uh, he's an all-time guy, man. Next time I see you, next time I'm down there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you introduce me to Tom. We'll get you. Okay. I got to come see one of your players play this year. Anyway. Um, last question here. Um, 
what advice would you give to yourself 15 years ago? What would be the one key advice or key piece of advice you'd give yourself that would help you to get to where you are now and make it a little bit less painful maybe than it was? Uh, I think it'd be like, you're good. I think, I think you're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I don't have very many, I don't have any regrets really. I mean, uh, hopefully I've lived my life where I've, I've, I've done that. I think I have. So I, would, I think I'll just say, stay steady and, and, and trust the process and you're going to be just fine. I think that's what you I think. That's same, same, same things you tell your players. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just keep, keep working and, and there's no substitute for it and, and it'll work out. It'll work out for you. Yeah. Well, awesome. I, Paul, I, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time with me today. Um, hopefully your players will all watch this and take notes <laughs> about their gritty, gritty old ball coach that they have down there. But I, I can just tell you this from, from the 30,000 foot level looking at you and watching your career. It's been, it's been fun for me to watch. For some reason, I, I, I feel a kinship to some of these um, snow college quarterbacks that, that were there before and after me. And um, I'm, I'm grateful. Well, you know, the, thing, the thing is, is you know, and I know what you went through. You know what I went through. It was, yeah. you, it was you versus everybody there. And you yeah. had to prove it. And, 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 um, and no one realizes that uh, there, there was so little resources to help you be successful. It was just like you went. You just went bald, man. That was my I, funnest football was at snow, man. Dude, my funnest football was at snow. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that it reminds me of, Snow College reminds me of Rocky Three, where where Apollo Creed takes Rocky back to where Apollo Creed came from. Yeah. And like everybody in the boxing room and the weight room there, it's all broken down. It's stinky. It's old. It's dingy. And they're all looking at him like, what are you doing here, man? You're a freaking yeah. soda pop kid. Yeah. You know, because everybody at Snow College was hungry. I can remember there was 45-pound dumbbells. Like there was only one that was not broken. You know, there wasn't even two when I was there sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And nobody complained. And then I get to Utah State. We have this nice weight room. We have way not, and everybody was complaining. Yeah. Oh, we don't have this. You compare yourself to other people. Or yeah. Other people. And, and I was just like, man, if you don't even know what bad is, you have yeah. no idea how nice this is. Like, right. you know, I mean, I couldn't believe people were washing my shirt and my shorts. Exactly. Like, I don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I just throw it in this locker and it gets taken care of. This is awesome. Exactly. You know? So, well, I appreciate you. Um, good, good luck to, good luck to you and your family and, uh, Take care of those five fighters, man. Those those yeah. guys. I'd love seeing those guys. Those guys are pistols like their dad. So um, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you soon and uh, good luck to you guys this fall. We, Thanks, we, man. I appreciate we, it. Okay, right. man. Take care.